was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad, just to root for the hometown through every stew. Welcome everybody, I'm humbly your host, Josh Item, for this first episode of the Small Town Baseball Commute, where we celebrate all things around small town baseball here in western Wisconsin, eastern Minnesota, and beyond. We've got a pretty simple premise here on the show. I've got about a 20-minute commute to and from work, so you'll be listening to some recorded calls as I talk baseball with a bunch of the local yokels like myself who love amateur small-town baseball probably a little too much. I'm going to apologize a little for the audio on this first episode. We'll try some different tech next time, but I thought we'd get it out to you anyway. For this episode, I called up my friend and teammate Jason Hunt this morning who returned to the River Falls Fighting Fish for 2020 after a long semi-retirement. Hope you enjoy this first episode, and I'm looking forward to a lot more great conversations as we pass the time over the off-season here in River Falls. So, on to the show. We're Jason Hunt, and we're just going to talk a little talk a little town ball on uh, our way into work this morning. So, Mr. Hunt, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, and yourself? Oh, I'm fantastic. Beautiful morning. So we're just here to talk a little baseball. Um, you're a state champion. How does that feel? I am. So how does that feel to be a state champion on your way into work this morning? Uh, pretty good. All the work that you put in pays off. So the the fish, if you didn't know, just won the WBA state championship, and it's not a... Not a state championship, right? Kind of. So the WBA is is a you know about half the about half the state, the northwest part. So that was our our final game. Um, does it cheapen it at all to know that it's not the whole state of Wisconsin, Jason? No, I don't think so. Um, really, really good baseball across the board. So it probably excuse me be more rewarding if it was the entire state, but. Um, I don't think that discounts it at all. Sure. So you returned to the fish this season um, after an absence. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, sure, Ken. Um, without getting too deep, uh, played I believe it was 08 to 12, and then took seven years off to build life. Um, got married, had children, house, all that fun stuff. And then my son, fortunate enough to have a son, and uh, he decided that baseball was his favorite sport. And I thought, well, you know, I still have some connections in town ball. See if I can come back and be involved in some capacity. Um, Introduce him to more in-depth baseball, the real game. uh, Get a front row seat to it. Um, And so went ahead and did that. And thanks to Josh, said, yeah, once a fish, always a fish. So came back, had a good good time. Um, my son learned a lot, got a lot better at baseball himself just from watching us old guys play, us, us tomball players play. Hey, you said, you said uh, once a fish, always a fish. That's always been our philosophy on the team, right? Not everybody has that, but I think one of the keys to our success has been uh, kind of that family atmosphere. Uh, you know, with your – with your family, what were some of the conversations that you and your son would have this season, this summer? That's interesting. What kind of things um, coming out of town ball or things you would talk about that you'd see or he'd see in a fish game? 
Yeah, he would ask. It, it actually started because he's never, I mean, Twins games, Brewers games or whatever, the scoreboard, but the the town ball, the light-up scoreboard that we have at our home field, he, he would ask. He's, so, he's big into math, so he would always ask why people weren't staying up on, there's two outs, Dad, why is they only show one out, or how the scores work, who's the home team, who's the visitor team, because it didn't say the specific team's name up there. Um so little things like that, and then after that kind of got worked out, he picked that up right away, explaining it to him. And then it just turned into the nuances of the game, the game within the game. And I always told him about the game of baseball um, that it's literally a human chess match. Um, everything about it is a human chess match. You have to know what the next step is. And I've always explained to him, you always have a job to do, even if the ball isn't coming to you. Know what your job is. Um, so some of the conversations, he'd see certain people, he'd see you'd see Trey Larson holding a runner on second or Lucas Lukey holding a runner on second. Um, and he'd see that, and he'd say, why are they doing that, Dan? I said, well, they're keeping that runner honest. You have to keep him honest. If you get lazy and complacent, um, bad things could happen, and you, you don't want that. You don't want an easy base or a bad pass ball or stuff, something like that. So he would always ask, and, he, and Josh, you know him a little bit, um, have talked to him. He's a really quiet kid. So he chews on that when he when he sees something or hears something from somebody else. Um, and we all know how dugout talk goes. So one of the conversations that I really had to have multiple times on the way to games was the stuff you hear in the dugout does not go home, and you can't tell mom the stuff you hear. <laughs> yeah, sound ball. That you know one of the one of the pieces right is it's it's a little more accessible than the pros. So. When you're when you're connecting and talking about why is a player doing something, and a lot of times you actually know that person, so you can sure. you feel like you're a little more inside their head even than you would be if you're watching, um, you know, Polanco or Arise or whoever plays for your Brewers up the middle, uh, you know, holding a runner on. You know a little bit more about what Lucas is thinking than than about those guys maybe. That's kind of Absolutely. Cool. Now your son. How old he's like he's about twelve now, eleven, twelve. Eleven, yep, eleven. Fourteen, yeah. Time's going by pretty fast, isn't it? Um, does he still so when does that stop where they start where our our kids in town think of you know, we hear that they think of the town ball guys as no different than the pros. I know if they could could have seen me trying to do the workout I tried to do this morning, getting my butt kicked, uh, how pathetic that was, they would know I was not a professional athlete. Does he still see those town ball guys a little closer to, not pros, but, um, you know, kind of local heroes, or is he grown out of that stage and just sees them as dad's buddies? Um, it's, it's hard because, you know, because his dad's involved with it to a certain extent. It's hard to judge him because um, I've always had to explain to him that you're, you're very fortunate and, and very lucky to be able to have a dad that's a involved in the game of baseball as, as I am and and um but with that being said, you know, I coached his traveling team this year and the boys that I coach, some of the boys do look at it still at that eleven age eleven, twelve, that, you know they're local heroes. Um they they feel and we're fortunate enough with the park we have to to give it a different different atmosphere. But he a lot of these other boys think that it's more of a professional style. I mean, Josh, you've been there. Look how many look how many guys, Jill Schaefer's of the world, how many guys sign autographs for little eight, nine, ten, twelve year old boys. Um so so 
you know, it's it's a it's a nice gesture to do for the kids, um, and, and they they look at you as a, as a hero. And the, for me, the odd part is you just feel like a normal guy, yet these little kids don't realize it. You know, they they can't put that mental transition in that when they see you at the grocery store or the gas station or something. Yeah. Well, you want to you talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned the, the atmosphere of our ballpark, and I think, you know, other other places that I've played, we I certainly wasn't signing autographs at parks, but that's one of the, after games, but that's one of the cool, kind of cool things about what we can be in the community, um, that we have that opportunity to do in River Falls that not everybody has. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? About our atmosphere? Kind of that, kind of that atmosphere of the park and what that what that means to you as a player or what, uh, you know, what, what thoughts do you have about that? Well, it's, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because my wife and I were just talking about it last night, actually. And, and, um, one of the things that we would, that I had said, is that the atmosphere there, like from a fan side of it, it is a phenomenal place to watch a ball game, especially in the town ball world. It's, it's, it's a beautiful place to watch a, a baseball game. Um, from a player standpoint, depending on, um, kind of how you can block things out and, and keep your focus. It can get pretty pretty hectic um, because the fans are right on top of you um, for the most part. What maybe what's the best top twenty feet? Um, yeah. They keep yeah, and and so they're right on top of you, and so you really you really got to keep your composure when you're playing because there's there's some razzing that goes on. Um, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it when longtime fish, uh, Matt Walker came out of retirement for a game, how, how yep. effective the fan base can be. Yeah. We'll have to tell that story. So Matt Walker was a pitcher for, for the, I mean, I guess he's technically still a pitcher for us. Was a pitcher for the fish. We'll interview him one of these mornings. Definitely. Um, you know, in our, in our shortish existence since 2008, uh, one of our best pitchers, and he uh, suffered a shoulder injury, came back, and hadn't thrown for a couple of years and pitched a game this year. And he had his, he is the head football coach in town at UWRF, and he had his, it seemed like his entire football team, but it was probably about 10 guys sitting in the front row cheering, and they were all over uh, the Faribault team we were playing, not in a negative way, but um, definitely affected the outcome of that game. and. Matt came and threw and threw at, what, five, six, seven shutout innings or something. Definitely called the next morning and said, okay, so I'm done. I can't lift my arm, but that was awesome, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, those fans are absolutely, absolutely right there. You know, we've talked before about it. I think people assume that our park would be a really – and this is this is the nature of what we do, too. The, the park would be a, a natural – home field advantage, but it's really not because speaking of like kicking my butt in that workout this morning, everybody when they show up to play comes with their best to kick our butts and it is hard to uh, be honest, it is hard to sustain that all the time, sustain, match that energy level. It is, um, and and like I said, you know, how the fans are right on top of you, um, there isn't a visitor side or 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 anything like that. Um, you know, we don't have grandstands behind the visitor dugout and then another set of bleachers behind the, the home dugout. They're all right there. They they intermix. It's very friendly. Uh, you know, it's it's not the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings kind of thing um, by any means. But it uh, it's really it's really neat to see um, 
and and you do get the razzing, and uh, but our fan base shows up um, pretty pretty strong. I would I would think during most games, and you have the you have the guys that show up, or the parents or or fans that show up and are very supportive of our organization and, and everything that's been built. Um, yeah, and and that helps. Um, I think it helps promote the game of baseball here in River Falls. Um, and I can honestly say I've been in River Falls for 22 years now, um, 23 years. Baseball basically didn't exist here. It had a pro high school program, but that's about it. And now all of a sudden it's it's a very, I'd like to think, watching the transitions, the growth of it, it's a very high-end baseball town now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what's cool about that, you know, when you're when you're around – when you've been around as much as you and I have, you start to, and the, the young guys on the team will get to know this. You start to really get to know the the people that come down, the fans that come down, who are who are our, our regular folks. Um, I don't want to name names because then you forget somebody, you know. But right. But you get you get on a first name basis with with people and have the opportunity to meet all these people that you wouldn't otherwise. Uh, that is just that's a really cool, really cool piece of that park as well. And, you know, you're talking about the dugouts. I know we will not switch to the first base dugout to get away from any of that because when we built that thing, we definitely we tried to build in a couple little home advantages, and I know that we made that dugout 10 feet shorter than the other one. That's a little <laughs> known fact. So piece of trivia, a little piece of pointless trivia for you out there. So going back to the season, obviously we had a great season. What are, what's, um, you know, I'm getting closer to work here. We probably got maybe five minutes, Jason, at that. Uh, what are, what's one or two of your favorite memories that you'll take from, from this season? Uh, well, I'm pretty hardcore with stuff, so there's stuff that I can't say on the podcast or I'm not going to say um, <laughs> that were my absolute favorite. But uh, just, just coming back, for me personally, coming, coming back um, after a seven-year hiatus, um, and and being on the ball field again and having that uh that camaraderie in the in the dugout and you know and and I can I can I can name names on the team but you know there's only what four four of you guys that I've played with in the past so lots of new faces um it seemed like immediate turnaround to me um showing up to work kind of thing with all these new employees and and just jumping right in and getting to know them and they you know they're all great guys I I like all of them um and so hopefully, hopefully it sticks with that, um, you know. And I don't know. I don't have a specific memory. I guess my first at bat coming back after seven years off was uh, pretty ugly, but I put the ball in play, and that's all that matters. Um, so that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, I um, want to say it, I, I was coaching first when that happened, and he came down, and I said, "Hey, you're in play. Nice work." Yeah. That, that'll be a nice. That'll be one thing I remember, Jason, is that we, you know, we ended that we ended our season this year with that trophy up in Spooner, but it started with you and I commuting up to Spooner, because that's where we opened the season, and that was kind of yeah. a fun weekend. We went up to Spooner and Hayward, you know, amid amid kind of wondering if we were going to play, not with the pandemic going on, not, not knowing if we were going to play up until about two days beforehand. Um, yeah, and that was a that was a fun drive, and and being able to just just catch up, you know, all the way up yeah, and all the way and, back after that weekend. Yeah, and that 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 thing, I think that's what uh, is kind of the the, um, the uh, 
I don't know how to say it now, but uh, we go up to Spooner. We don't have a good weekend back in, in late June when they opened, opened us up for, for play. And we don't have a good weekend up there, drop two games, and then full circle, we go back up there for the state tournament and uh, and win it. Um, yeah. You know, and, well, I, and we were pretty pretty bad that first weekend. I remember that. We were not good at Yeah, that rust, well. right? Everybody's rusty. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was it, 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 – it's – it's a it's a rewarding thing. I, I wasn't involved as much as I wanted to be um, with my son's traveling baseball, but it was it was a lot of fun um, uh, watching from afar uh, in some some instances and just seeing how well the the guys played. What are you thinking about next season? Here's the media putting you on the spot. Yeah. Um, I, I'll come back in 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 a capacity of some types, uh of some sorts. I'll I'll probably still be involved. Um it's one of those things, you know, my wife and I when I when I mentioned this to my wife that I was considering a, a coming back to the ballpark and being involved and she said why? Um and, and she doesn't get it, right? she's not a baseball player, she doesn't have that, that mentality. You're always chasing something, right? You're chasing the perfect pitch, the perfect hit, the Something perfect. You're looking for for perfection, and um, with 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 me, it was I'm not getting any younger. I don't want to try to do this when I'm 55. I, I'm still in good shape. I still feel good. My health is good. Um, every every athlete battles injuries. Luckily, I took seven years off. Was able to fully recover from little nagging injuries. But um, yeah, I'll be 40 next year. I might as well, right? I'm not going to get any younger. Yeah, that's true. You and I will both be 40. You know, I always said I wanted to, I don't know how much time I have left, and I, I, had, I always hesitate to put a, put a number on it because I'll be a liar in the end, you know. But um, I always did say I wanted to play at least one season when I was 40. So you and I will, you're September, right? May. I'm, I'm a May, you're May. December, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. sorry. There makes me a liar right there. Forgot trying to make you older than I am is what I was trying to do there. So, uh, yeah, I'm December, you're May. So, yeah, we'll be at least one season when we're 40, so we'll have met that goal. You know, I think that's one of the pieces that uh, I enjoy at this point. I never, you know, I never knew how much I would enjoy it is is being the old guy. And as much as, as, much as the, <laughs> the jokes from the youngest guys can really cut in there sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it, it is nice on that team, too, just to have that balance of some guys that have, have been there and, you know, the never has been, like you and I, uh, being able to being able to mentor some of those young guys. And some of the stuff that, you know, I won't get into any details, but you get some of the questions you get asked about things off the field, too, are rewarding, being able to help help some young guys with some of that stuff, so... Absolutely, and that—that's—I think that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, I've been invested for many years with you guys with the fish program. Um, you obviously more invested and, and have put more work in than than most guys that are involved with it. But I think that's part of me is that that uh, parental guidance uh, uh, gene that is is in you. Um, you you know your playing days are numbered each and every day you wake up, and I think for me it's a little bit of knowing that it's going to be passed down to somebody that's not going to ruin the system or the program. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, so, go, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, just making sure, because, you know, there's a big age gap between 
the the young guys in in us. I mean, it's you know, it's seventeen, eighteen years, and um, so knowing that you can kind of mentor them, like you said, mentor them and and teach them the ropes of the WBA and the SCVBL and all that stuff, and and that way they can run a successful program for the future. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It starts to it, once and once uh you know once your skills start to diminish, it has to become more about the the other stuff than the baseball, right? When people ask yes. that question about why do you still do it, well, you do because the baseball is still the draw, and it's still it's it's always going to be fun to hit a ball hard um, or hardish at this point. But uh, it does it becomes about way more the other stuff, the team stuff, the camaraderie stuff, the community, making sure that that the the team stays a pillar of the community and something positive. You know that's the draw anymore. Well, speaking yeah. of that, yeah. speaking of draw, I am drawing myself into the parking lot at work here, and uh, the clock starts in about two minutes, so I am running late. Jason, thank you for appearing on uh, our baseball podcast this morning. Yeah, not a problem. I'd say, and in, 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 even though it's not an annual thing, I, I was going to drop, uh, just to make Nathan Brown happy, our first annual podcast. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, right. that, that, well, you, great... you can explain that one for a later uh, on a later date about about that one. Nathan Brum, how much he hates that, but yeah, we'll do a, a Hall of Fame Nathan Brum podcast for sure. All right, thanks, yeah. Jason. Great rest of your day, and uh, go fish. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Well, it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game.